you love your bod pod. I'm your host, Kara Corinne Cifelli. I'm a certified holistic health coach, online course creator, and published author, and now podcaster. Today, though, we have a really special guest. Her name is Carrie Dayton, and we have known each other a really long time. I think sixth grade is when we first met. We went to school together, but we kind of never lived in the same place after that year. She moved away, or I moved away, and But we always kind of kept in touch or kind of kept tabs on one another online. You know, around the same time, we started being pretty public with our lives online with her YouTube channel and with my blog and my Instagram. So we've always kind of kept tabs on one another. And we've reconnected recently because she's been talking a lot about body positivity. So let's just dive into her bio and then we'll dive into the episode. I quickly want to give a slight trigger warning for this episode. Around the 23-minute mark, Uh, Carrie and I mentioned specific sizes of clothes when we're talking about our, quote, skinny clothes. So the conversation begins around the 20-minute mark and goes all the way until like 25 and a half to 26 minutes. But again, right around the 23 mark is when we mention exact sizes. So if that's something that you find triggering, I I encourage and invite you to go ahead and skip past that so it doesn't trigger you. Uh, Okay, let's keep going. So Carrie Dayton is a YouTuber who specializes in sharing fun, relatable stories about her life, giving big sister advice and guidance on more serious topics, and documenting her body positive journey as a not quite thin body, but not quite plus size either. Through trying on different sizes in various stores on camera, shopping halls, and good old thrifting videos. She has a really sweet funny down-to-earth girl who just keeps it real and I'm really excited for you guys to get to know her so let's just dive right in welcome back to the love your bod pod I'm your host Kara Safeli, and today we have a really special gem of a guest her name is Carrie Dayton and we've known each other a long time Carrie welcome to the show thank you for having me it's such an honor Yes. So what's your YouTube channel? Is it still 615 Care Bear? No, it's just my name now. It's just Carrie Dayton. So Carrie Dayton. Just me. Okay. You will find this in the show notes, guys, for sure. Um, I know I always start out my interviews with a segment called Awkward First Date Questions. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you some awkward- Terrible at first dates. First date questions. (laughs) And then you you get to add a question to the mix. Okay. For our next guest. Perfect. Okay, so crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Oh, I'm smooth all the way. Why? I just don't like eating like a peanut sandwich. Okay. Like, I just like, I am very passionate about my love for creamy peanut butter. Um, My dad is like the opposite. He's like a proponent for Team Crunchy. He's like captain of Team Crunchy. So he would be really upset if he heard this. I'm not going to tell him that I'm doing this. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't like the crunch. I don't like peanuts, I guess. So I'm team creamy. Okay. Team smooth. Team smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, what kind of mark do you feel you want to leave on the world? <sighs> that's that's not a daunting question. Um, gosh. I mean, really just to hopefully like, I, hopefully that I had 
some depth and that it wasn't just kind of like I coasted through my time on earth and that I made people feel like happy and entertained and maybe made them feel something, maybe made them feel understood, like in through sharing my journey. Um, hopefully people will remember me for having like truly been rich in life, not like money, um, but like through experience and travel, all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I could probably write a book, but but yeah, I think I just would really um, want to be remembered and like have my legacy be like just truly and totally and completely being myself. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think we all want to be able to be ourselves. You know, looking back on our uh, deathbeds being like, I really wish I didn't spend so much time trying to please people. Oh my God. <laughs> That's one I've got to work on. <laughs> Don't we all, right? Yeah. People pleasing? Yeah. Uh, okay. What is your favorite quote or maybe just one of your favorite quotes? Hmm. You know, I saw a YouTube video the other day and they talked about um, like the sort of cliche nature of quotes, like in like the whole Pinterest era and like Instagram and stuff like that. But one that I have really been trying to use as like my mantra recently is thief is the comparison or comparison is the thief of joy. Um, and I really love that. I think it was Emerson. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure, but um, in the social media era and stuff, it is really, really, really hard to not constantly compare yourself to other people, their bodies, their hair, their skin, everything like that. So that's sort of one that I've really held on to recently. Yeah. And it's just true. Yeah. You know, like comparison is the thief of joy because it just takes away your capacity to be excited about your uniqueness and what makes you kick ass, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You can be scrolling and like being in a perfectly great mood and then you can see something and like it can completely change within like the snap of a finger, you know? Yep, absolutely. All right, now your turn. Let's add one to the mix. And this can be any type of question. Like it doesn't have to be so intense. Like your yeah, legacy. I want it. I want it to be like more along the lines of like the the peanut butter realm. Hmm, what's like a really polarizing topic? Ooh, okay. So something that my boyfriend and I often disagree on is like the portion of like the brownie that we like the best. So okay. are you like a center brownie person or are you like an edges person? Okay, I really would love to know that about someone if I was on a first date. Right, because you'd want to make sure that they liked the opposite. Which is perfect because my boyfriend only eats the center and I'm like, I want I want to buy one of those pans that's like every single, have you seen those before? They make every single brownie like have all four edges. I need that. No, I haven't. That That's a it's good invention. Genius. Yes. <laughs> that's pushing the human race forward. It's pushing the needle. <laughs> this is what I spend my time researching. <laughs> that's a great question. I love it. It's super lighthearted and fun. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit about like your story, your background, specifically with a focus on like your relationship with food and and your relationship with your body, you know, growing up to where you are now. Like, Okay. So uh, the first time I really ever paid attention or noticed my body was probably in sixth grade, which is when we were in school together. We had an end of the year like dance or party at some kind of like clubhouse for some pool, like community pool thing that we did. And there was like a dance inside. And I remember being at the pool 
And all, I just remembered like wearing this little tankini and I sort of looked down and I was like, I felt like my body didn't look like the other girls who were at this party. And they were wearing these really cute, like, you know, triangle, like string bikinis. And I was just still very like young and innocent. And I just, um, that was sort of the first time I remembered like comparing my body to someone else's and being like, oh, like sort of just really being cognizant of like, this is my body and this is what it looks like. And maybe it doesn't look like theirs. Um, but growing up even before that, I think even subconsciously, it was always in my mind because, um, and I'm sure a lot of women have gone through this, but there was always like Slim Fast in the refrigerator. Um, there was always like Jenny Craig going on in my household or Curves for Women or um, some kind of like diet or like Atkins or, you know, whatever like the newest um, trend was. And without even, I mean, I, I grew up hearing my mom and my grandma and my aunts and everyone in my life call themselves fat my entire life. Um, so I think with that, I think I didn't even have a chance before I could even get started, but I didn't even realize it until I got older. Mm -hmm. um, so that was sort of like always in the back of my mind until probably like high school. And then that was when people started being like viewed and judged based off of their bodies. And like boys would make offhand comments about you know, my body or what I was wearing, or if like, you know, my love handle was hanging over my pants or whatever. Cause that's something you say to another human being. Um, and so that's sort of where it really took off. But yeah, I mean, even as early as like, I mean, what are we in sixth grade, 12 years old? I mean, yeah. that's, that's as early as I recognized it. So mm -hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah, I think a lot of women can relate to it just being a part of the household growing up yeah. and the women in your lives. Same rings true for me, right? We had Slim Fast. My mom encouraged me to go on Atkins with her. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. who knows what her, I'm sure her intentions weren't to contribute to me developing an eating disorder. It was just like diet culture affected them just as much as it affects us. Totally. And yeah. we were in that like supermodel era, you know, it was like the Kate Mosses of the world. And then when you got into the 2000s, it was like the Lindsay Lohans and the Britney Spears and the Paris Hilton's like Nicole Richie, everyone sort of was doing whatever to look like them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that was definitely the time when they were in the news for being super thin, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So did do you feel like you had a disordered relationship with food? Like maybe not an eating disorder, but some type of disordered eating as a result of, of just being in a world where you realize that your body was kind of on display or looking a certain way was using quotes important for a girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely think uh, like subconsciously I, I didn't realize how, my relationship with food was until I got a bit older. I do remember in high school, this was sort of the first time I realized like, okay, this isn't healthy. Um, I remember like getting my first serious boyfriend, like talking like serious boyfriend. We were hanging out all the time. And I sort of was again, comparing myself to like other women I went to high school with. I've always um, just been like a certain body type, kind of like right down the middle, not super thin, not plus size, but just kind of, and it's, um, it was always like, yeah, I was just always comparing myself to other girls in high school. And so I remember, I think this was like my senior year, I was like, I need to lose 10 pounds, like quick, 
Like, how do I do it? What's the best way? And I think I researched online or I saw something and I saw that someone said that Beyonce was doing something called the master cleanse. And all you do is, you know, you drink this like lemon cayenne maple syrup water mixture for like five days or something like that. And so I thought, oh, that's perfect. I'll do that. You know, I just won't eat for five days. Um, and I would carry around this gigantic water bottle at school and I wouldn't eat at lunch. And I felt terrible, obviously, <laughs> because I was literally starving myself. Um, and I didn't even really realize until later in life, like just how messed up that was and how it was just presented as so normal. And no one in my life was like, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. Like, maybe you should eat a snack like in between you know um no one everyone was just kind of like oh yeah I know someone who did that or yeah I've tried it or whatever um I didn't last on the cleanse obviously I was starving and it did nothing except make me you know upset with myself and feel like I failed um which you talk about a lot as well so yeah I mean it that was sort of the first time that I really looking back realized like oh yeah that was very uh that's I mean that's a disordered relationship with food yeah. You sometimes think like, oh, I don't have an eating disorder. So like, I don't necessarily think that I have a disordered relationship with food, but there are so many ways of doing that, you know? Yeah. It's a spectrum. Yeah. And, um, you know, I talk a lot about on the podcast how there is absolutely an argument for the nutritional middle ground. And there is a time and a place when therapeutic ways of eating are appropriate. But unfortunately, we've normalized it to the extent that we don't see disordered eating for what it really is. Yeah. Um, and so many people will be like, I'm on a juice cleanse in the name of health. But really what they're doing is they're, they're harming their body by putting themselves in a starvation state. Your, your liver does a great job. Like you don't, really need to go on a juice cleanse, yeah. you know, unless you're doing this with the supervision of a, a well-trained medical professional. Mm -hmm. um, but we've normalized disordered eating, right? So when you were telling people that you were not eating and just drinking lemon water with cayenne, you didn't get these responses of like, oh my God, why are you starving yourself? People are like, oh yeah, I've done that. Or, oh yep. yeah, I know someone. So like we've made it normal to have a disordered relationship with food and pursue weight loss. Absolutely. Yeah. Still to this day, I mean, it's, it always, it's always changing too. It's never, you know, one thing, it's not just a master cleanse. Now it's like these juice cleanses or, you know, whatever it's, it's always prevalent. It's just in a different like hat, you know? Well, the, you know, the diet industry needs to continue to make money. So they're yeah. always coming out with a new thing. Like right now, keto's the rage, but give it a few months. There'll be something else. Totally. We're going to need to sell more books and yeah. like more food <laughs> things, you know, like just so true. It's just a matter of time, right? Like when we grew up, it was the Master Cleanse and Jenny Craig and Slim Fast. And it's just ever evolving and ever changing because they're an industry for profit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you have an awesome YouTube channel. You're hilarious. You. Wow. you have a wide range of topics that you talk about. But recently, you started to shift into becoming a body positive YouTuber and a body positive voice helping women accept themselves. And you've shared a lot about your journey to accepting yourself and, but you didn't always come from that angle. So can you tell us a little bit about like what you used to talk about and then what sort of had you shift your perspective and realize that you wanted to actually use your platform to talk about something else? 
Sure. Okay. So I started YouTube in, I believe the spring of 2013. So five years ago. Um, and YouTube was completely different back then. That was sort of just at the very beginning of when people were able to like make money on YouTube. So it was a lot more like innocent and pure. And it was all about sort of like, um, the beauty community was like totally different than it is now. And that's what I started doing. I would do these like makeup reviews like drugstore mascaras and stuff like that um and it was totally different when i started and then it sort of started to evolve and i've had like a couple like pivot moments i guess throughout my youtube career and then it sort of shifted into like personality based content and i would tell stories about my life like cuz everyone is entertained by a story of like i confronted my cheating ex with the other woman that he was cheating on me with you know it's like that was something that i felt was like really entertaining and fun. And that's sort of where I was at in my life was this kind of like lighthearted, fun, funny thing, um, which I still am. And I still love, but it's sort of shifted. Um, and I know we've talked about like, we're both sort of at the beginning of this body positive journey. Um, I started gaining weight, to be perfectly honest, I think just because of my age, my metabolism slowing down, you know, all these different reasons, um, which doesn't matter. But I think it sort of forced me to look inward at like my own internalized like phobia of gaining weight and um, really trying to work hard at like accepting my body. And I feel like the best way to do that is to just like do it, just go out there, like let it all hang out be yourself. And so I started getting really interested in thrifting and I started researching videos on YouTube of girls that would go thrifting. And oftentimes I would find, I mean, nine times out of 10, it would be these very, very, very tiny girls. And I loved watching it, but I didn't really feel like I could relate or I didn't really feel like I was represented. Um, and so I was like, well, why don't I try it? You know, just literally on a whim. And then it sort of, I decided to uh, call it like a mid-size thrifting haul. Um, just because I was like, what is this even called? Like, I don't want to say the word, word normal because then that indicates that another body type is abnormal. I don't want to do that. I, I don't really want to say average because that can be like used as a derogatory term. So I'm like, what do I, how do I classify myself as, like I said before at the beginning, not super thin, but not necessarily plus size either, but just like, here's my body. It doesn't really matter. So I decided to just coin this term like midsize or whatever. I think maybe a subscriber came up with it. I'm not sure, but, um, and then it just sort of took off. It like sort of, I realized that there was this demographic of like these sort of, you walk into Forever 21 and maybe like a size large is too small for you, but then you go into the plus size section and those clothes are too big. So it's kind of this like in between like middle ground, middle earth area. Um, and then when I started getting comments from people being like, you have no idea how much this means. Like I've, you know, left so many dressing rooms in tears before because of like the unflattering lighting or how I, you know, I just, I feel like I'm never going to look the way I pictured in my head or like the girls in the magazines or whatever. And it's just, I realized how important it is to like have that representation. And so I just kind of continued doing it. And then I sort of tied it into, I'm sure we'll talk about like my sort of big sister advice kind of content. Um, and from then on, it just sort of started, I got an idea. I was like, what if I go try on like a bunch of different sizes and like film myself? <laughs> like, hopefully people will think it's funny. And then that sort of just took off. And now here we are. And now mm -hmm. it's like one of my biggest passions. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you had this moment in your life where your body started to change and yep. you were like, okay, well, I got a choice here. I can, I can fight against these changes or I can work on accepting myself 
embrace the body that I have, embrace the fact that a changing body is a natural part of life. Yes, exactly. And I was so tired of dieting and so tired of beating myself up for gaining five pounds. And I was so tired of holding on to my skinny clothes, quote unquote, um, because I was, you know, waiting for them to fit me again. I was going to keep my shorts from last summer because I'm going to fit into those again, you know? And I was just so exhausted that I was like, what if I tried something else? <laughs> like, what if I tried just accepting and loving my body and celebrating it instead, you know? And trying to find clothes that fit your here and now body. Yeah, exactly. I actually want to talk about that for a second because that's a huge thing, hanging on to your skinny clothes. Oh, I did a whole video on it. You did? Okay, we're going to have to to link that in the show notes Um, because that's definitely something that I did. Um, I have a ton of cellulite on my butt and my thighs. I always have, even when I was like a small human being. And I always would be like, once I have a tight ass, I'm going to wear these short shorts. Yep. And I never put on the short shorts and I just had them like, I had so many of them just like sitting in my closet. And one day I was like, you know what? One, I don't really want to let my ass hang out. That's not really, I don't feel empowered by, I get that some women are empowered by nudity and that's awesome. I know that for me, that's not. Um, And so one day I was like, I'm I'm just getting rid of these. Like every time I look at them, I'm reminded that I have an ass that jiggles in what I thought was the wrong way. Exactly. That's exactly where I was at. It's such an unhealthy headspace to be in. And those clothes don't bring you joy in any way. They don't make you feel good about yourself in any way. In fact, they're like, there is almost like a punishment in a way, if you really think about it, for not looking exactly like your body when you were 21. Like, that's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. And so, yeah, I had this decision one day. I was going through all of my clothes. I was like purging my closet. And I'm like, none of this fits me anymore. For what reason am I holding on to this? If for some reason I magically wake up one day and I go back to my old body, quote unquote, like, then okay, I'll buy new clothes. But in the meantime, like, why would I ever do that to myself? It doesn't bring me joy. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel terrible, to be honest. So, like, just get rid of it. Let someone else get joy out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ladies, if you're listening and you're hanging on to some skinny clothes, this is your invitation. Get rid of them. <laughs> Go get rid of them, donate them, sell them at your local resale shop, and then go celebrate the body you have and find some clothes that you feel good in, in the body you have right now. You deserve that. It is so remarkable to like put on a pair of jeans that actually fit your body. And it's insane how much more they actually flatter your body than like trying to squeeze into your jeans from last summer. And like, everything's like barely fitting in. It's like you're a what do they call it? Like a can of biscuits or whatever. It's, it's so much more flattering and it feels so much better. You're not like being cut by your jeans every time you sit down. Like it just, it's such a better decision all around. So yeah. 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 I'm so guilty of that. I like wanted to feel a certain way. And I thought that fitting into a smaller size was going to make me feel that way. Yeah. I remember doing that in high school. There was a girlfriend of mine, her jeans were a size four and I was probably an eight. And I desperately was like, Oh, I want to be a size four. I bet I could fit into these. I'm a size four. And I put these jeans on and like, like you said, you know, barely got them to button. And like, I, I'm pretty sure I lost like a ton of circulation in my legs that day. I wore them to school. It was so unflattering. (laughs) Like they just were not my size. And I was 
making myself miserable. I was in like physical pain wearing these pants, but I, I was so set on that number in my head, which is just such a twisted backwards way of thinking, but that's just what society's taught us really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, um, it's, I'm going to have to put a trigger warning in this episode just because talking about numbers can be really triggering for totally. people with active eating disorders because we do, we get so fixated on numbers, right? We get fixated on the size of our clothes. We get fixated on the number of calories or the number on the scale. And we just like make that our goal, right? And we do whatever necessary to try to accomplish reaching this number almost to our own detriment. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So you do have an awesome, I don't know what you call it on YouTube, but a, a video is called big sister advice. Yeah. Yes. A category, so, I guess. I, yeah. I don't even know what that would be called. Yeah. Okay. A category of videos. Yeah. Called big sister advice. So where did that mm-hmm. come from and who, who are you speaking to in those videos? Like what's your, your message or your hope with that? So the big sis advice videos sort of started because I started telling, like I said before, uh, stories about my life, these kind of funny, lighthearted things that have happened to me before, um, like getting cheated on and not, not that that's funny, but, um, you know, years later looking back on it being like, wow, you know, what was I thinking? Um, sort of that, that along that line. And then I started sort of feeling uh, like I wasn't necessarily fulfilled by these stories I was telling. They were fun and 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 silly, and they could you know distract you from your life for ten minutes of your day. But um, I started feeling like okay, maybe I should talk about like some real stuff that I've been through because I did experience you know abuse during my childhood and um, just like a lot of really crazy things happened that I feel like people don't talk about a lot online, and I, I felt like could maybe help someone. So I started. Um, sharing personal stories, but in a more uh, like, hey, don't be like me. (laughs) Um, Don't make the mistakes I made. Or like, if you've gone through this too, it's okay. Or um, just hopefully, you know, sharing my story in hopes of empowering someone else to maybe share theirs. Um, I did a Me Too video when that whole Me Too movement was going on last year. And that was sort of, I think, what sparked the whole thing was reading all of the comments from like thousands of other women who had been through the same thing and just realizing that like we all go through shit, you know? And um, I really wanted to like take that a bit deeper and I guess, yeah, focus a little bit more on like the, the, the less fluffy stuff, if, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I started sharing stories about like my past and my you know childhood traumas and um, addiction and like body stuff and you know breakups, toxic relationships, toxic friendships, and it sort of uh, just snowballed into this thing that I decided I was going to start doing every week. I do mostly every week. Um, and as far as like who I'd be talking to, I mean, a lot of times I'm like talking to young me. To be perfectly honest, yeah. Um, I always try to like you know, that quote that's like, be who you needed when you were younger or something like that. Um, I, I love taking on the role of being like an unofficial big sister. I just think it's like the most, it's like the utmost honor in my opinion. Um, cause there are, in my opinion, there are like certain things that you wouldn't necessarily talk to like your mom about or your aunt, but like you would be more than comfortable confiding in like your big sister you know, about these things because they're closer in age to you. Maybe they understand you a bit more. So I try to picture my own little sister sometimes who's 15 years old and 
um, maybe like trying to reach her or her demographic, but really, yeah, just anyone who needs someone. I mean, I get comments sometimes from people that are like, I'm 10 years older than you. And like, this really spoke to me, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Age is so relative. Agreed. You know, like we all process different things Mm -hmm. at different times in our lives and we don't necessarily grow out of trauma by getting older. Right. And so it's possible. It doesn't matter how old you are. Someone could be dealing with something that they haven't dealt with yet. And then they hear your video and it connects with them. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like sharing your vulnerabilities with others and allowing them to, to realize that it's okay to have these, you know, uncomfortable parts of ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of makes you normal to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things that you talk a lot about is feminism on your channel. So I'd love to know, like, what do you think are some of the most pressing issues affecting women right now? Uh, we've sort of touched on this before, but, um, I, I mean, where do we start? Like, where do we start? Yeah. How much time do you have? Truly, we could do an entire episode just on this alone. But I mean, wage gaps are still a huge issue in our country. Um, I remember one time I was working a job as a hostess in a restaurant and it was myself and one other guy and we were kind of like the lead. And I remembered we got hired at the same time, went through training at the same time. I had way more restaurant experience. I mean, granted, I was like 19 years old, but um, he made like $3 more an hour than I did. And I remembered finding that out and it was supposed to be this like hush hush thing. And that's even just working as a host in a restaurant. Like, you know, forget, you know, being a CEO of your own company or, you know, whatever, like there's, there is such an injustice in that. Um, and then you could go like on the other side of the coin and like the media and how women are portrayed in the media, oftentimes as nothing but like sex objects or these like over emotional, crazy, irrational. Um, a lot of times, like I'm, I'm big on, I love Twitter. Like I follow so many different accounts on Twitter, like meme accounts and funny things like that. And they're always sort of trying to turn it on women and that they're like irrational or they're overreacting about things or they make fun of the way they drive or, you know, like there's just all those sort of like archaic stereotypes that like we're still working to break. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could even go within feminism and talk about like intersectional feminism and how we have like a real issue with people in the media that are like, you know, preaching about feminism constantly, but they're sort of like maybe just catering to like white feminism. You know, there's just so many different I feel (laughs) like facets to it. Um, But what I try to talk about is just like female empowerment in general. Mm -hmm. And that includes all women, Um, you know, trans, whoever, whoever identifies as a woman that that falls under that category. Um, I just try to make my channel like a safe space for them. We don't use like words like bitch or slut or, you know, things like that. Um, if there are ever times in the comments where people like get into it, I will like block them. Like it's, it's, it's a safe space for everyone, you know, obviously it's hard to like stay on top of every single comment, but I really try. Um, so <laughs> it's like, sometimes it's like, I'm like the mom breaking up their children fighting. <laughs> um, but I really try to with, cause I feel like, um, if you're too brash about it or if you're too like in people's face, it can be like sort of hard to swallow. So I try to, in a really gentle way, but a very stern way, like introduce principles of feminism that maybe you don't even realize are feminist. Like if I'll tell a story time about a date that I went on and a guy like did something inappropriate or acted a certain way, sort of like bringing the attention to like, this was not 
like I had nothing to do with this. This was him and like his sort of uh, being like another product of the patriarchy, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't hate men for the record. <laughs> I know that that can be like misinterpreted a lot. And I've had a lot of people actually make comments in the past, like, why are you, why do you want this to be your legacy? Like crap talking your exes like that and all this stuff. And it's like, that literally has nothing to do with it. Also, why am I at fault for being cheated? <laughs> like, what right. did I do in this situation? Why am I, why am I the wrong person for yeah. sharing about the injustice and the mistreatment that I've experienced? Yeah. This again, it ties into like shaming women or blaming them for sexual abuse or yep. contributing to part of the problem by yeah. women when women speak out they're somehow doing something wrong mm -hmm. and it's not that we hate men no that's not what being a feminist means no. but you're contributing to part of the problem that you're hoping to change by making women wrong for speaking out about the way that they've been treated and hopefully because i mean unfortunately a lot of women go through very, very similar situations. I mean, when the Me Too movement came out, that's why it was so powerful was because like Tarana Burke, she made this statement and she made it just this, these two little words that you would say and your timeline was just flooded with every one, pretty much every woman you knew just saying the same thing. And so it's, it is so common that it's important to speak out about these things because I heard, I can't remember who it was, um, but someone said like, you know, when you share your story, it unlocks another woman's story, you know? Yeah. Um, and it empowers them and everything like that. So yeah, it is. It's it's so crazy how it can get, and women all the time, it gets like flipped on our head and suddenly it's like, well, what did you do wrong? Or maybe right. you were leading him on, or maybe you were wearing this or you were doing this, you know? So yeah, exactly. I'm reading, um, I'm reading the beauty myth right now. And she talks a lot about how women are, you know, portrayed in culture and in stories and how they're treated in the workplace. And there are countless cases of sexual harassment where they get thrown out because they're like, oh, well, the woman was dressed provocatively, so she must have wanted to be harassed. And it's like, that is such a bullshit argument. Absolutely. Um, that we would be asking to be taken advantage of because we're trying to dress feminine and dress appropriately for the workplace. And men just think that our bodies are objects and that our bodies are there for them to look at or yep. to please them. Mm-hmm. And so you, you blame the victim. It's, out, it's outrageous. Or for women that are very sexual in nature, it's like, well, maybe you were just, you know, giving off the, it, that, that there's, it's not a thing. That's <laughs> just not how it works. So yeah, it's important to talk about. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the same thing with your big, fist, big sister advice, right? You, so when you share about being, having this unfortunate thing happen to you, like being cheated on, and then you, you give that other woman permission to talk about being cheated on and what it felt like and that like it's nothing to be ashamed of it's not your fault it's just something that happened and yeah let's deal it's with crazy. it crazy and I mean you could you could even argue that like I started telling those stories for selfish reasons like I just sort of was like well maybe I'll just share my story like get it off my chest you know um speak my truth but then it sort of turned into this other thing where I was like speaking because I have, you know, a slightly elevated platform, like speaking for other women who have been through like the exact same thing, if not worse, you know, all of these topics, addiction, toxic relationships, friendships, you know, breakups, um, periods, like everything, like, like everyone goes through that. So it's just so important. Like I said, you know, it's so important to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carrie, it was so great to have you on here. Um, 
I would say if you have like one little tip of advice or something you'd want to leave the women listening to this podcast or maybe even advice for your 20 year old self, what would that be? My 20 year old self. Oh my gosh. She was a hot mess. Um, I would say to, um, really like lean into yourself and like your own knowledge and your own opinions. Like for me, at least personally, when I was 20, I really relied on the opinions of everyone around me. Uh, I relied on validation from men, from boyfriends. I used that as like a super big clutch. Um, I would probably say like my, my last parting piece of advice is like spend as much time with yourself as you possibly can. Like really get to know yourself, like lather on the self-care, like have these moments where you, you know, cook yourself like a romantic dinner and like light candles and cook for yourself. Do you know what I mean? Not just like to impress someone else, like date yourself like you would someone else. I think I really like dropped the ball on that. And I focused all of my attention and all of my energy on like relationships and not as much on myself. And now I'm sort of trying to like, I guess, make up for that in my thirties. So that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. So get to know yourself, trust yourself more and maybe not seek validation from others as much. Yeah. Try to find it within. Love that. Thank you so much for being here. It's so fun to chat. So where can everyone find you? So on YouTube, it's just my name. It's just youtube.com slash Carrie Dayton. And then all of my social media is just my name, my last name, and then my first name. So just Dayton Carrie on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. All right. Be sure to go follow and check her out. She will definitely make you LOL (laughs) and um, probably make you think as well. You have a lot of really great content. So thank thank you you for being here. Thank you, Kara. Okay, that is our show this week. It was really fun to get to chat with Carrie. We ended up turning off the recording and then talking for like another hour. It was pretty ridiculous. And we both were like, hmm, maybe we should go back to work. What do you say? But it was so fun to catch up with her, chat with her, and realize that we have so much in common and we're both on a similar mission to make women feel really good about themselves and help them enjoy their lives and do that through various forms telling stories being really vulnerable with what it is that we've struggled with and we have a shared love of Los Angeles and hopefully soon she will be moving here Okay, so that is our show today. I really hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. I would absolutely love to hear from you. If you guys have feedback on what you're liking and what you're not liking about the podcast, go ahead and slide into my DMs and let me know. I'd love to know, are you liking the interview formats? Are you liking the solo pods? Are you liking both? How's the length for you? Is Are they too long? Are they too short? Are they too inconsistent? I kind of know my lengths are like all over the place. Um... Do you guys have recommendations on who you think I should interview and bring on here? All of that good stuff. And then, of course, if you do like what you are hearing, I'd love for you to leave a ratings and review on iTunes. Those reviews help keep the podcast going. They help it find new people. Um, And it's nice to read them. I'm not going to lie. It's nice to know that you guys are, are liking them and that what I am sharing is helpful. So... Yes, that is all. Uh, You guys have a really great rest of your day and I will speak to you all soon.